Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my together, my together. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Hello and welcome back to Saxon Jackson. I'm Tom Amos. Matt Byrne on the board. SP futures down 34, NASDAQ futures down 106. So not exactly the good morning going here after uh, the uh, really horrible Friday. Uh, the good news is we're not down as much as uh, the rest of the world. So I guess we got that going for us. Do we have Mr. Greg with us? Hey, how's it going? How are you, man? How was your uh, religious weekend? Did you catch your holies and did you uh, drink enough Greek wine? <laughs> as they uh, say in Greek. Christos Anesti, which means uh, Christ is risen. Yeah, there you go. And uh, ours was a week ago, and, but uh, I think you guys are making a bigger deal now. I mean, it's a, which is a good thing. I mean, it's a we used to really make it a big good thing. I God, we had a <laughs> when I was in uh, grammar school it was a very Catholic neighborhood, and the uh, they had, we had sixteen hundred kids in the school. Can you imagine that. And in Lent, every Friday we went to Mass. Well, it only takes, like, two priests or three priests to give communion to 1,600 kids. We were there, like, forever. Uh, <laughs> and then we'd go to the... That sounds good. That's less school, isn't it? Uh, well, school is better than the, than the Mass, let's just say. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, because you, you just kind of sat there waiting for people walking up down the aisle. It was like, I mean, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't the, wasn't, it was different. Um... <laughs> yeah, we do the midnight thing too. Uh, was there until about two a.m. and then called it. And on the way back, actually ordered some uh, White Castle. <laughs> uh, those are the best. Those are the. They are. Uh, as a matter of fact, the. Uh, what can you remember in your lifetime? What was the uh, cheapest price of White Castle? Uh, for the sliders. Yeah. By the way, they didn't just, back in the day, if you called them a slider, they wouldn't serve them to you. They had all the ladies really? there. They had, all the ladies would be like, Helen, 18 years. They treated their people pretty well. And they all retired from there. And it's still a, there's no franchise. It's still all company owned. And, uh. Well, they are the oldest, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, there was one at 63rd and Union. My mom remembers them a nickel. I, uh, I remember them 12 cents. I think the cheapest I ever knew was. 50 or yeah, I remember them 12 yeah, cents. They were 12 cents for a long time. And they started started creeping, as they say. So is that our segue into inflation? Um, well, sort of. I just, uh, <laughs> the markets, I mean, Friday was uh, pretty brutal. I mean, uh, is the, uh, well, actually, I was going to talk a little bit about the, talk about sports betting. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm a genius on sports betting because I'm not. Uh, Mr. Weber thinks he is, but uh, I'm going to say Friday night, the Bulls being three-point favorite, that was the easiest bet I've ever seen in 50 years. 
Really? What were the Bulls be- have any business being three point favorite? Just because they they managed to luck one out up there. This team is twice as good. The Bulls don't have a. St- does anybody on the Bulls would start for them except maybe DeRozan? Well, they overcorrected. I guess I, the earliest lines I've seen are uh, about plus nine and a half for the next game. Well, so that's what the first two were. Pretty, pretty big swing. Yeah, it was a, the, the one the Bulls won where they were ten point dogs. Yeah. So the next game they're three point favorites. I mean, I, I, I I'm just saying that's because it was a blowout. The uh, I, I stopped in at the long long story, but I, I stopped in at the local the local watering hole. And I get a load of this. I'm sitting there, minding my own business. I can see the lady next to me was very much into this, uh, the basketball. And I go, by the way, <laughs> you have a bet on this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, very nice. Turns out she's a, for, get a load of this. She went to Notre Dame. Graduated like way after I did, of course. Uh, and she's a, um, a sports, She's got like one or two of these basketball players that make a gazillion dollars. She's their marketing agent. Very oh, fast. Good contract. Yeah, very fast. Is that like a five or ten percent commission? I, I, I have no idea. We have, we're, we're not that good of friends. All we do is talk five minutes at the bar. But uh, she's very nice, and uh, I was trying to talk her into coming in on the air. She's reluctant, uh, but because uh, that would be fascinating to find out how that whole because Lou is an agent, but he was. I don't think he was ever. I don't think he ever did the uh, the after stuff where you're doing all the marketing with the Nike. You know, maybe he did. I don't know, but I don't think there's as much of that in football as there is in these basketball guys. I mean, I don't I mean Lou had some. I'd imagine the endorsements and such are where the where the big big money is. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Players' contracts are uh, they're, they're up there. By the they're they're up there. These guys are forty, fifty years. Some of them now, and these they, because basketball they have to give out. What is it, 40 or 45% of the money or 50 in uh, wages? That's the deal. So these guys right. make way more than anybody the else. The agents are all, you know, the game theory involved in that, that is significantly less complicated than the marketing deals. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, did you, you're the two guys, uh, well, uh, Brooklyn is, is down three games. Three, three games to zero, I, I believe. And uh, I don't. Why did the Bulls get get rid of this Tice guy? He was one of their better players last year, and he lent some muscle to the team. The Bulls got. I think Brooklyn's they, favorite, though, aren't they? We, we could have another uh, favorite for we what? another uh, cleanup for the fourth game. I like, think so. One and a half or two. Uh, good luck with that. They might. Well, they might get one. <laughs> they might get one, but uh, I mean, there's no way they're going to win the the, the uh, series. But this, this Kyrie Irving guy, he's been he's been horrible, and he didn't play like. You know, for the last few years, we took, you had the one year he was they were off because of COVID or whatever they were half off. The guy came back and he had to take time off for what Black Lives Matter or something. So, he, so the, the, the three guys went on him. They went off on him after the game, like or halftime. They go, the guy wants this long term contract. Says who who would give this guy more than one year? They said he's never played more than sixty games in a year. He never plays. And he had a nerve after the game to say that the problem is that they haven't they haven't. Gain the momentum that Boston has. How are you going to gain momentum when your best players never shows up? But still, so they recommended some team give him fifty million for one year, but not for that a, a full year. Why would you give that guy fifty million for how much he's played and how much he's done this year? You wouldn't give him two million. Well, if you give him fifty million one year, that means you don't have to pay him year three, four, five, or well, whatever. Well, that part I get, but I'm saying, why would anybody? Yeah. after the last five years' performance, why would anybody even think about fifty mil? Try five or two. I mean, I, or give them some kind of incentive clause. 
We'll give, we'll pay you per game. <laughs> the uh, what did uh, remember? Did you ever see the movie? Uh, it happens every spring. Way below, when was way, that? Oh God, Raveland. So way before your time. Um, I'm going to add that to the list. It was the one where the, where the guy's the professor, and the, the kid hits the ball through the window, and he's got his doctoral chemical experiment going, and the kid busts up the the whole experiment, and everything lands in the in the in the drain, and he was his whole his whole life was wasted. He, there was a baseball in the drain, so he, he gets pissed off. The guy loved baseball, so he wings the ball down the counter, and it, there's a piece of wood there, and it hopped over the piece of wood. So whatever the combination of, of chemicals he had was averse to wood. <laughs> so the guy decides to become a pitcher, right? And uh, of course, the minute he says to the owner, he goes, "Let me get this straight. Every game I win, I want two thousand bucks." Talk about different than fifty million for not showing up, huh? You only want to get paid for the games you won. Like very uh, an incentive, an incentive to actually show up that season. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have to worry about the guy trying, huh? Yeah, I only get paid if I would. Of course, now they pull you out. My favorite, most uh, most recent Kyrie Irving thing was when he was flipping off the the (laughs) the Celtics fans. (laughs) Well, the Celtics fans, if ever there's a fandom that deserves it, that would be the group. They're a little intense. Matter of fact, they they hang out at my local bar, and I can't say that I really like the nights that they're there. Although I do sit there sometime and just listen, and it's scary. They 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 uh, if they're winning, everybody's a star. If not, you got to fire everybody from the general manager on down. There's they they turn on you in a nanosecond. It's it's a, it's an interesting group. It's a, they're right up there with the Philly fans. So the Sox suck. Oh, They've lost no. seven in a row. <laughs> I've seen them in action. Yeah, yeah and, the Bull, and, the, and the Cubs uh, managed to score, outscored the Pirates by what? <laughs> How many runs and lose three out of four games? They scored 21 in the one I think game. It was 20. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. We, that's enough. We got to we got to talk about what what is what is with these markets. We had a Chinese market down five percent this morning. So they're thinking about locking down Beijing. They got 40 cases of COVID and like how many bazillion people there? How many? We have, we have 40 cases here. It's not bothering anybody. There nobody's going to the hospital. What what is what are they seeing that we're not? Well, from from this perspective over here, I think we're very lucky in that we had mRNA vaccines and they did their job fairly well. And the Chinese uh, are kind of lacking in that department. They don't want to buy ours, and so they've got giant problems. Uh, do they have that many deaths? Plus, with the amount of suicides and everything else you're getting from the people that are they're locking up, are they getting less deaths or not? I don't even know. Do we trust their numbers? No. Oh, God, no. Yeah, so who knows what the numbers are, but if based on the reaction and how severely they've locked down, I would, I would estimate that their vaccines are you know, not effective and that they're very worried about it continuing to spread and maybe killing you know, a million or two people. Um, I'm not so sure they ever care about that, do they? Well, <laughs> uh, uh, just saying. I mean, yeah, uh, I, have. I don't. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not casting any aspersions. I mean, it's just sort of a different way of doing things. It's just more they're they're pissed off at a disease or something. It's it's a crazy deal. What uh, what's going on in the uh, we here here when we had it didn't. I mean, everybody was. 70% or so vaccinated, and even the variants didn't affect us much in terms of uh, hospitalizations and deaths. So we were kind of, I don't want to say immune, but we were the, 
effect was muted. Uh, well, the variants are not as uh, as deadly as the first group that came through, and I think they know how to treat it a lot better. And uh, plus, the vaccines helped certainly helped the older people and stuff. I think I think it helped a lot. Yeah, of people. I don't know which way it is. Like, if the vaccines were the reason that it helped, or if the variants the reason that it wasn't as bad. But whatever it is, it seems to be the uh, opposite there. Yeah. Whether yeah, and they they went full authoritarian, locked everybody down. And Tell you what, though, Greg. Whatever every two and three times. Every well, this is a very very small sample, so this is a, a useless scientific sample. And don't this is just me commenting and what I'm seeing around me. That's it. Don't don't take this is not a medical opinion. Everybody I've known that's gotten the second booster in the last three weeks has been sick as a dog after they had it. Even if the first okay. two or three shots didn't affect them at all, somehow or another, the second booster, from really sore arms to you know in bed for two days and a whole bit. I mean, I, I would never have guessed that. I didn't. I took. I had the first two. I had. I first one. I didn't even. I mean, I didn't have any. Didn't know I had it at all. The second one, I was a little little uh, headachey for like a, maybe thirty six hours. Uh, but this second booster is knocking people out. Plus, people who get the second booster are still getting the COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I've known uh, multiple people who have done, you know, the equivalent dosage of four who've still gotten sick. That It didn't affect them as much. Yeah. But, uh, they, yeah. Well, it's all right. No, we gotta, we got to go roll to it as, as the uh, spoons are now, now 45. What uh, what the bleep? Does that mean oh, the VIX is above 30? Uh, awesome. I knew you were going to ask that. And, by the way, you're, you're spot on. It just made it to 30.02. Ah. Um... We were uh, Apple or tech earnings this week, right? So we got yeah. Amazon, Google, Apple. What? Um, I, I just uh, I think Apple's the most indicative of everything. If we're consumer based and Apple Apple misses, I'm I'm a little worried. Well, misses versus now, uh, Coke came out this morning. Revenue was up sixteen percent. Now, I don't know how, how uh, shall we say conspiratorial and how glum you've become on the world. Uh, out of that 16%, how much of that would you say is price hike versus more sales? I'd say it's right in line. Good butter about even? Right 16? in line with price hike, inflation. That, that, they're, that they basically uh, hike prices 16 above the across the board or even? Yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. Well, back back in my uh, ute, and when we had inflation before, which actually I think is not as... Inflation now is worse than it was back then. I honestly believe that. Uh, but that's scary. But uh, they used to say... Yeah, you didn't oh, have an iPhone. Uh, no. I don't have one now. Never will. Just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm going back to my flip. Plus, my, my buddies at the uh, series don't understand why I refuse to go to a baseball game if I don't have a ticket. Uh, matter of fact, somebody I don't printed off his ticket and they still wouldn't let him in from, his, from the phone. I... I refuse to have a Cub app on my phone, and if I go, I want to pay the beer guy cash. I don't want anybody at the anybody knowing that I had a beer at the ball game. They don't need to know. Just saying. Why can't there's so many cameras and stuff around? I, I well, I understand. I mean, it's just the idea. It's, it's a minor protest. It's not a major protest. But yeah. now, if you have a skybox, I might bend. You know, just a little. But, uh, okay, well, I'll go to the bar with you. We don't have to go to the stadium. That's right, we don't have to go to the stadium. We'll just have, have a regular cocktail and watch them. Because you don't want to watch them that long anyway. But in the last ten days, I've probably watched bits and pieces of virtually all the Cubs and Sox games at home. 
What what percentage of tickets do you think that are ridiculously high priced? What percentage of tickets do you think went unused? I'm going to say seventy five percent, except for the one nice dance area. It, it sure looked like uh, there were a good enough amount of people there this weekend. Uh, not yesterday in the rain. Not yesterday. Well, it was a rain delay and everything else yesterday. So the sacks. Uh, what? Forty percent. It was. It was. I bet they had eight, maybe showed up. I don't, or maybe ten. I don't know. It's hard to tell. So the, the schedule maker for the White Sox. I don't know, but the Cubs isn't as bad. But the White Sox. Now, of course, they were supposed to open a little soon sooner. They end in Chicago. They start with. Uh, I don't know where they were their first weekend, but the, they end up. They have Seattle. Who only comes once. Then Tampa Bay, who only comes once. These are for night games in April. Then they go to Cleveland, which is not exactly a warm weather town. And then they well, do they come back here, and then they went to Minnesota. Of course, Minnesota's a dome, right? Is it, the football stadium's outside. The baseball's a dome, right? Target Field. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what's going on with agriculture? You know, what I did yesterday. I never should have done. I, I. Uh, Nancy's coming Started out. Started trading September beans. Oh God, no! But you can tell me about that. I, I'll, I'll save most of this for when Nancy comes on, or maybe with Jan. But I just wanted. to uh, Audrey was talking to some people. I mean, she's obviously still doing her house stuff, and uh, she's still busy. You know, I just was playing playing with my phone. That's why I get a flip phone, so I don't play with the dumb thing. Play with my phone. If if you have a three point seven percent mortgage, and uh, you and you. A more, the mortgage number you want to finance is two hundred forty thousand. It's eleven hundred dollars a month. Okay, this is the part I, I guess I understand. You're a few months behind. Oh uh, yeah, but that's where I'm going with this. I guess I understand that. Uh, the, the weird part about this, Greg, is that this is so natural to me because that's all we did when I was young. That's all I did at Pullman is worry about interest rates and whether you should, whether you should have, uh, you know. Build stuff inside, build it outside, have somebody else do it, that kind of thing. So it was, it was always done, these interest rates, it's all I did all day long. I could do it in my head, I didn't even need a table, for God's sake. And now, nobody knows any of this. They don't, I don't even know if they teach it in school anymore. Um, if you were to take a 5.7% mortgage and back into the 1100 hour a month number, how much less could you finance to well, get you the same? Like 110,000 or something? It was, uh, instead of, Two forty, you could you could uh, finance one ninety to get you to the same number, which means the house price would have to be down fifty grand. How many people have any idea that it's that it's that? They're extreme? about to find out. They're about to find out. Everybody with their paper wealth, unless they've actually pulled it out. Um, you know what, Greg? Though it's been so long, thought? it's been so long. I was shocked. I would have thought twenty grand less, not 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 uh, fifty. I was shocked. It's been so long since I did that stuff. I mean, I, I, I surprised myself. <laughs> so, because it's that's a big, big jump. But really, we're in such low nominal numbers that that you could have what interest rates of four or five, and it could go a half. Well, if you look at it, uh, you know, the, you're, I always have issues with things that, things on the extreme. And everybody knows if you run a marathon, you're supposed to drink water, right? But if you drink like five gallons, you kill yourself, right? 
never tried. But well, I never tried a marathon or drinking five gallons of water. But my understanding, if you drink too much, it's very, it's very dangerous. But uh, I mean, extreme amounts. So I mean, any, whatever you do, whenever you start doing things on the edge, it's very hard to even price stuff. I mean, everybody knows. I think most people know that if you have the interest rates are ten percent. And a building is worth a million bucks. If the interest rates go to five percent, it's probably worth two million, right? In terms of your your income flow, because the income flow when you, when the rate is five, it's it's worth twice as much, right, as it was when it's when it's ten. Yeah. So now, if it goes to four, it's a little more. It goes to three, a little more. What if it goes like to zero? Does that mean the the price of the building goes infinite? Or if it's or if I think it's that's one, where the whole inflation calculus comes in. Well, that's right. So when you when you look at things like that. Question is at that end, how much is it really worth? I and mean, how much Tesla's earnings are going to be this? Well, they were just the other day. I mean, how much is Tesla really worth? If you look at money you're going to get from Tesla in dividends uh, ever, and put a put a seven percent rate on it, I'm going to say Tesla's worth eighty bucks. Now that's not going to happen, hopefully. Um, but I mean, uh, am I right? <laughs> it's well, Tesla, they're they're in. Uh, 40 years of the future. So whatever, you know, if you say 80, I would say, okay, that's fine, but <laughs> they, we've got we've got to take that out to however many the price is now. So 80 times, I don't know, what's it, like 1,000? Uh, I just ducked under 1,000 this morning. But here he called up, uh, it was all, all over uh, the financial press this weekend, that he, he called up Bill Gates and was calling him out for shorting Tesla. Yeah. They were supposed to some text messages, but like when you say you know it's worth eighty, I'm saying okay, it's worth eighty, but you're you're twelve years behind. Yeah, well, I know it's never it's not going to trade there because people have this massive hope. But it was it got so bizarre, uh, Greg, and I think you you know you remember some of it. And I, when when if, if you if you'd have said, uh, hey, Greg, the good news is you just you won a lottery for a million bucks. You say that's cool. Then you say, but you don't get it for ten years. They don't. You almost would say keep it <laughs> when the interest rates are fifteen percent, right? Because like, what's it worth today? Three hundred grand, you know, or two fifty? Yeah, for the the way I look at it, it's just a whole bunch of time. So we're about ten or twelve years apart in uh, in valuation. Yeah. All right. So what's going on in the grain markets? You don't have, we won't have much time uh, for that because uh, greens are coming off a little bit, which is you know not the worst. So corn's probably the strongest. It's it's really uh, really held up, and it was as high as it's been probably in ten years. So that could be a supply problem that you know we're not really dealing with at least this this year. Well, what so the that's a problem. But wheat has come in and uh, come off some some because of these strong export numbers from. Uh, from international places, so like where, 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 where would, where would that be when you say? I believe India has has a pretty strong. Uh, Argentina had pretty strong exports, so they're help helping to make up for what was lost in Ukraine. If there's a a big fertilizer issue, uh, you, you want you want uh, you want you want corn up and and, uh, and corn will go up and soybeans will go down, right? Because more people plant soybeans. Yeah, unfortunately, corn is more fertilizer intensive. So, if you want to get decent yields, and by that I mean uh, bushels per acre, you're going to have to use more fertilizer for corn. 
What uh, you, you mentioned last week, we, we talked Friday night, that the crush spread's going wild. First of all, explain everybody what that is. We've got a couple of minutes, and why is that going wild? How does that being affected by everything that's going on in the world? Um, so the crush price is the premium associated, so the price that people pay for the products of soybeans. So if you take a soybean and you crush it, you get soybean oil and soybean meal. And the sum of those two things together is minus the beans is what the uh, crush price is, and that's trading more than double of what it usually does. So what that means is soybeans are very valuable, and those products, meaning the animal feed and the bean oil, are very much in demand. Um, is that, does that mean some places that normally do the crush can't do it or something? That means that you run as hard as you can with those plants and you make uh, the ADMs and the Cargills of the world are going to be searching and for beans and processing as many as they can because they, they've got big opportunities in processing those grains. But it's even, though, meal and oil, not one leading the other? Uh, oil, oil for sure is the strongest. Really? Yeah. Well, Greg, thank you much. I'll you see you know enough so that uh, canola oil from Canada, which is very similar chemically, but it is different, and uh, it's regulated differently here, but enough so that they want to start using canola, can, or making it okay here to use canola oil and Canadian imported uh yeah. Really? Well, canola is rapeseed oil, right? Yeah. So they call it canola. Well, rapeseed is a bad term. No chemically, worries. chemically, I think there's differences that the contract specs will show from here to Europe to Latin America. But bean oil, palm oil, rapeseed oil, and canola oil are all very similar. All right, well, thanks, man. Um, have a good week. Uh, and I will t- I'll talk to you before next weekend, but uh, we'll talk soon. SP Futures only at the, only down 37 now. Uh, SP Futures down 135. Ugly morning after a really ugly Friday. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. 
Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim Howell. It's Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures only down 29 now. NASDAQ Futures down 107. Dow Futures down 160. They were way more than 200 when we came in. Uh, Coca-Cola is the only up stock in the Dow as they reported revenue up 16%. No word on how much of that was increased prices. But they uh, beat on earnings and beat on top line, so uh, they're they're doing okay. They're, but everybody else in the, in the Dow is red. Uh, everybody's up in the transportation average is red, so not a good morning after a, a pretty horrible Friday. Over in the EU, uh, it's even worse. DAX down 248, that's 1.75%. FTSE down 168, 2.2%. CAC around down 136, 2.1%. So kind of whack, whack, whack. Global sell-off here, as, as this headline is. In Asia, this is, this is really something. Nikkei down 514, 1.9%. Shanghai down 158, that's 5.1%. As they're thinking now they might lock down Beijing of all places. Hang Seng down 769, that's about 3.7%. So, it's ugly over there. I mean, real ugly. On Friday, talk about ugly. Dow down 981, that's 2.8%. S&P down 121, 2.8%. NASDAQ down 335, only 2.6%. So I guess the NASDAQ did better. Uh, Bonds today are down seven basis points on the on a ten year two point eight three. Is there's a little flight to quality. Uh, Bund down one to point nine one. Uh, Japan unchanged at point two five. Oil, well getting whack whack too. Down four percent. Down four dollars and eight cents. Ninety seven ninety nine. So uh, reasonably under a hundred. Uh, Brent down four oh seven to one oh two fifty eight. Natural gas down eight cents six forty four. Uh, briefly stopping their run towards seven. Arbob down eleven cents at three nineteen, which didn't help me. I paid four thirty five. Matt, what do you think of that? That kind of sucked. Uh, uh, gold uh, down twenty three nineteen ten. So it was nineteen ninety nine last Monday morning, and now it's down what ninety bucks? That's a lot. Silver down sixty three cents twenty three sixty two. Copper down a dime four seventy seven. Everything 
that you can sell is being sold. Even crypto, uh, 959 to $38,757. Sell everything. Just saying. That's what the markets are telling you. Now, whether they want to sell here or not, or buy here, that's another story. Matt, what do you got for us? Trevor Willis Sports. Sports. Sports suck. Chicago. Not so great. Yeah. Yeah, Chief, it's not doing so good. Uh, currently 6.36 a.m. on April 25th, 2022. Let's talk about those sports for a little bit. Uh, in basketball, Bulls lose to Milwaukee Bucks 119-95. to And Suns lose to New Orleans 103-118. to In baseball, Cubs lose to Pittsburgh 3-4. to White Sox lose to Minnesota 6-4. to And Diamondbacks lose to the New York Mets 2-6. to well, it doesn't have to be all bad news, because in hockey, uh, the Blackhawks are playing tonight versus the Philadelphia Flyers, 7 p.m. Central Time. So, hey, you never know. I mean, they haven't been doing so well. Uh, it's got to be mercifully their last game or two. Just it, to get, the season's got to mercifully end for those guys. Hope, I mean, hey, we can only hope. Yeah. In uh, weather, Chicago, hey, a little lighter this morning. The sun's starting to get, get up a little a little earlier with us. Uh, mostly cloudy. A little more humid than usual, but, you know, we can, we can take it after the long winter we've had. Uh, currently 50 degrees, high of 58, and a low of 41. Down in Phoenix, clear skies, 69 degrees, high of 78, and a low of 58. In traffic in Chicago, traffic westbound to Dan Ryan, uh, starting at 43rd Street, going to downtown. Uh, keep in mind road closure due to construction, starting at Rubel Street, actually at Rubel Street, between Roosevelt and Taylor Street. Traffic uh, eastbound to Kennedy between Cumberland and Nagel. And traffic starting up in the northbound in Stevenson between Illinois Route 171 and uh, going right before South Kedzie. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. We have Mr. Flanagan? You sure do, Tom. Good morning. Um, good morning. So are we selling everything? Are we, are we selling Slim Murphy? Are we going to sell him, too? <laughs> Maybe I should sell my house. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, if somebody goes by with a bid, I would entertain it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a... Uh, well, after Friday, I'm not really that surprised, I guess, um, because Friday was a bloodbath. But um, I don't know. It it's, it's looks like there's a you know a lot of, of negative energy kind of gathering steam here. Um, I just uh, as I was playing around with the interest rates, I should have done this weekend. I should go through more of this with Nancy comes on, but John, it's it's major, major difference when these rates change. In terms of what how you value how you value stuff, and uh, all of a sudden there's just a negative, negative, negative energy across the board, and uh, uh, you know some of these stacks are pretty darn high, and uh, all of a sudden you're going to, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's gonna be very difficult to, to maintain those valuations. I I sent you that thing. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. The uh, average 401k balance of uh, of people, and uh, it's the uh, What's uh just from from my from my business being a money manager? I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, not so much uh, now, John, but when uh, I'm going to say ten to fifteen years ago, this 401k stuff was working real well. And I'm not saying people haven't done well lately because the market obviously has gone up in the last few years. But the uh, I, I don't know what the difference is, and maybe you can help me out here, but. 10 or 15 years ago, now of course, the people who came in to see me with, you know, with their 401ks, what, what ends up happening is 401k plan is obviously at work. And when you retire or you leave a company, you're then able to move the 401k plan out of the place and you can roll it into an IRA. And that's essentially where I come in or PTI comes in. But if you roll in an IRA, you do it here 
and you can imagine yourself, you know, be help or whatever you want to do. Um, and that's, you know, that goes for every brokerage firm, not just us, although we would be the preferred. <laughs> um, but I'm saying that, that's what, that's what happens. And, and the, the deal was, way back in the day, even though they let all these firms essentially steal the pension funds. I don't, I can go into that, uh, if, if you have, if you have, uh, curiosity on that, John, but, uh, but the, but the, the deal was, is, uh, we're not gonna have pensions anymore, so we have these 401k plans. And, and if you started there as a relatively young employee, and you had a company that matched, and you put your money in there, and we did pay interest in those days, either with the interest you made, or if you were in the st- market was generally up, uh, and certainly have passed, uh, uh, well, certainly anywhere past 2000 was generally up. Uh, even before then, if you didn't get into the dot bomb stuff and get something that went out of business, the rest of the stocks, over a long period of time, you've, you've done pretty well. So, the deal was, I believe, Jan, is that if you did all that, you came out of your 401k with about a million bucks. Because I'd have people come in and have a, a couple of couples a month to show up. Let's show up. They'd call first. And, uh, they'd come in and it was always, Somewhere between eight hundred thousand and a million three, that they had been worked at a place for you know thirty some years, and that's kind of what the number was. If they if you put in the max, and if you had a uh, employer maybe a match a little bit, uh, unless you you know unless you were in Bear Stearns where they put all their stuff in Bear Stearns, which went out worthless. I mean, if you didn't didn't do something like that, generally you you had this this number, and. uh and when you th- when you think about it, that gives you if ra- if interest rates are three three and a half percent, say there's a million bucks, you put it in a bank. You don't even have to put it in a market. You just put it here at PTI. We used to pay three and a half three percent on money. You just on money balances here. Now of course we're starting to pay a little bit uh, now, but coming off the deck because for years nobody's paid anything, um, unfortunately. So if you made say three percent three and a half, that's thirty five grand on your million. If you've get if you got uh, Social Security, it's another twenty two, right? This is just a one person's getting it, not if you and the wife are getting it. So you're up to fifty seven grand a year, say fifty five. Your house is paid for. You're pretty much good to go. That means every ten years you can probably put a roof on the place. Every five years you can buy a car, uh, and you can pretty much handle just about everything at fifty five grand a year, most of which is tax free. And that was essentially the deal that was given. I believe to the U.S. population. Yeah. Now, do you agree with that, or do you? I would agree. Well, now look at these numbers. The average four hundred one k balances, age sixty five and older, is two fifty five. Is the average? The median's only eighty two. I got news for you. When you're making nothing in a bank. The eighty two is not helping you, right? Well, and that show. I mean, that I, I was going to ask you for clarification on that too. That shows the tremendous disparity in the amount of contributions people are making. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who are not making a lot of money and can't put a lot of money into their, their 401ks, which shows why the median is so low. Um, and yet, you know, the people with, with, with better incomes you know, are putting their maximum. But it, but these are not startlingly large numbers for anybody. You know, they're not the sort of numbers, that, especially in an inflationary environment like this, where that money's going to go very far. I, I would guess, John, and this is just a guess, and if anybody wants to tweet in or whatever, uh, I'm going to guess that anybody who's got, who's age 65 and older, even 55 to 64, who's in that $80,000 range, 
They either work for a place that didn't have one. Maybe, maybe they have an IRA on the side, but I doubt it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think if we took a sample of a hundred people, John, we'll find at least eighty of them had some sort of a random shock where they had to had to or did take money out of it. Right. Either they needed it for a down payment. They had a uh, kids' education, uh, which you know is way too high. Uh, some sort of a medical event where you have all of a sudden a fifteen thousand dollars deductible, or if your if your insurance requires you to pay, you know, fifteen percent of the hospital stay, and all of a sudden the bill's forty grand. I'll bet every one of the not everyone, but a, a high percentage of them have had to take money out for things other than retirement. That would just be well, a even wild guess. You know, a major dental procedure, and you didn't want to put it on a you know twenty eight percent credit card. People would do that. But what? Uh, you know, I should know this. Where's my brother Dan when I need him? Uh, the uh, there's a few things that you can pull money out without penalty. I think medical is one of them. There's never many. I don't. I don't know that. A, that I don't know that a down payment is without penalty. I don't think it is. I, don't, I think you pay a penalty. In it. Medical, I think is. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a few things you can take it out for without penalty. But I'm going to say, if you're putting in every month and you're 64 years old. Uh, I don't see how you don't have more than 85 grand unless your place, unless you work most of your life for a place that didn't have one. I mean, the number's gotta be higher than that. Especially if you get any kind of a match, it's gotta be higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm just saying, but I think we've got, we've, we've got some problems, John. And I, I, I was saying, I was, even though I used to do this basically daily, uh, back when interest rates were high, uh, I was really shocked. I don't know if you were listening earlier that if, 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 uh, if you mortgage $240,000 mortgage at 3.7%, your monthly payment is 1100 bucks. If the interest rate goes to 5.7%, you can only finance 190 for the same 1100 bucks. I was I knew it would be lower. I had no idea it would be 50 grand lower, John. That's a lot. Well, that I think is pretty clear evidence of what's going to happen to housing prices, too. Uh, yeah. It doesn't take a big rise in interest rates to, you know, cause prices to skid pretty fast. And I think there's already kind of evidence. I have to listen to what Nancy and Audrey think about this, but what they're seeing. Um, the stuff that's going on the market around my place here is overpriced, but it isn't selling either, which tells me there's not a lot of qualified buyers around. Because if there were, I think they would have been snapped up in another time. So I think that all these prices of properties around here will come down, and maybe significantly, before they can find qualified buyers. Well, I'll let her speak for herself, but I think Nancy's still pretty busy. She hasn't seen a refi in two months. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Audrey's still pretty busy, but you got to be, be careful here. And if the, if, the, if the prices were high, Jan, and somebody came by and offered you whatever, say they offered you, Three hundred and fifty grand for your place, and they gave you a check, and you wanted to go from four bedrooms to five, and found a place for three seventy five, and you turn around and bought that. It's not hurting new. You're 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 just making the spread like an option spread, right? Right. But if the volatility is high, you buy one and sell another. You're buying a high volatility and sell another. You get you the same place, or or pretty much the same place. But but my niece and uh, her boyfriend are, are looking for. Uh, the place they live in, they, they're booting everybody out because they're going to remodel it or something. Uh, they've been living there for a while. Nice apartment building. And, um, 
said, you guys got to be careful because you're first-time buyers. If you if you overpay by fifty grand, I mean, you're, you're sucking on fifty grand for a decade. Yeah, yeah. But if you're just trading numbers, but I mean, I, I, one thing I do caution, and, and Nancy and Audrey are way too smart to have this happen. I hope. Uh, the last thing I do is you call two houses. This is not the time to say I'll buy that one and I'll sell mine afterward. I won't. I won't make it contingent. Oil oh, boy. I, some people got caught like that in two thousand, well, two thousand seven. You could absolutely strangle that way if you. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, you, you have, and this, and this, what's happening now, John, or what's liable to happen here? You have to be really clever. You don't get caught here, or you, you can't be careless now. I think. No, and you, you know, it's, it's in some ways it's easier than ever, Tom, to keep track of what's going on. I mean, compare buying a house fifty years ago. With you know the quality of information, you know the, the advertisements, the listing, you know companies, um, the word on the street, or whatever else, it was a much more leisurely, relaxed thing. Except you know when there were boom times and in hot neighborhoods, things happened a little faster. But generally, you could take you know a week off, you know, and resume your search, or take a month off, or more. And you wouldn't see that big a shift in what was going on around you. So it wasn't like you were hurting yourself by delaying or postponing a, a move. But now, you know, you, you, there's so much information. There's, there's almost too much about what's happening. And some of it is trustworthy. Some of it, it seems to be happening fast. But even it may be behind the game. It's like, like the ticker. Um, and if you miss, you know, your window by 48 hours... <laughs> You might have to wait another six months or six years before things improve. Well, if, I mean, there, there, there's two variables here, that, and, and I, I can't emphasize enough because somebody this is what I did for a living: interest rates and the f- focus in on one number, and that's what your payment is, and, and it's and it's a der- it's derived from two numbers: the price of the house and the rate. You can't just say one's important and the other one isn't because they they're equally as as. Uh, Determination, shall we say, in, the, in your monthly rate. And the next person you buy it to, there's amount they can afford it. Just like if your if your taxes double, your housing price just went down. You, you don't think it did, but yep. it did. Yep. Um, you know, it's one of, one of my buddies is in uh, at Streeterville, not Streeterville. Uh, what's the uh, River River North? River North. We're like Superior in uh, that area. Superior in like Franklin. And they hadn't gotten a, a tax increase in a, I don't know, long time. I must have had some political clout there somewhere, but it wasn't him. All of a sudden, <laughs> driving a hobo night, he pulls out his tax thing and he goes, oops, <laughs> we're up like whatever, 40 or 50% because they went around to, so how does it feel to have your house just dropped by 30 grand? <laughs> I mean, essentially that's what happened, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, the place here had a, uh, I think it says valuation went up, I think 33% or something, and I protested. I got the letter just the other day that, you know, instead of going up 33%, they realized they made a mistake, and it's only going to go up 23%. So I thought you say 31. Yeah. <laughs> every, every little bit helps, but, oh, yeah. man, you know, it's, 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 that's the sort of envelope you dread opening every year, every couple of years. Well, what is... Uh, that, that's the stuff that, as you say, that there goes the value of your house. You've you just made that house very unattractive to a whole bunch of good buyers. Well, John, have you seen any, any number... Again... Everybody keeps talking about this, this this world of incredible amount of information you have on the internet. Now, I, I will admit that instead of going to get the uh, the tables which I had, uh, which you could 
you know, of, we used to have, uh, you know, present value tables and everything. And all of a sudden, one day, the fir- somebody inter- somebody introduced the first Texas instrument, which cost like three hundred bucks. Calculator could actually do those things on a calculator. Otherwise, you had to go to your your present value or future value tables, right? You'd say right. your interest rate tables, and uh, you know if you had them in your office, it was no big deal. It took a couple of seconds once you knew what you're doing. But uh, the the amount of information, it seems like it's there's all kinds of information around you is like a, a you know a big blur. The information you want to get. Uh, I don't know. I, can I get it? I mean, I, this, so the city this year allegedly has a, a uh, balanced budget. So does the state. Now we know they get they got all this dough from the government when they weren't supposed to use it for pensions or anything else. But I don't think anybody, everybody's used it for every damn well. Please, right? right. Uh, so 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 they pour that into current. Does anybody have th- this year? Have you seen a number? It's probably there someplace if you dig. Have you seen a number that said what would what would the be- the deficit be here without the government large largesse? Which means which leads me to believe, but maybe a little less spending on COVID next year. That's going to be the deficit next year, and that's what's going to have to be uh, filled up by higher taxes. I mean, that, if you look at that, I mean, is that number as scary as I think it looks like, or does anybody? Yeah, I I, I haven't seen that number, and I bet you know, this this government largesse is already. You know, kind of, you know, ancient history. It's not going to be this way. It can't be. Um, we're looking at inflation like you know, what we've seen so far is nothing. So if we really saw what kind of deficits we're looking at without these drastic measures that are not things you can ever count on. You can't make long-term, you know, budgeting predictions based on these numbers. Um, I think we'd realize that we are facing... Well, do you care? If you're out of office, do you care what the next guy... Right. Uh, ...for the next guy? Pritzker, you've moved on maybe to another job, and you you won't have to carry any of this baggage with you anyway, but... um, Well, neither did Rauner, neither did Madigan. I mean, it doesn't doesn't really matter who the person is. My job here is done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty scary, isn't it? Well, I think think the deficits would be jaw-dropping, Tom, if we could really see them. And, of course, we, we won't see them until it's too late. Well, I mean, and, uh, yeah, and then they'll, they'll, I mean, just as a, as an example, last year, the, uh, federal budget deficit, um, fiscal year 2021 was almost $2.8 trillion, which, yeah, because they, they took in 4.04 and spent 6.6. So, ouch, um, or 6.8. So they really, uh, <clears throat> the deficit was, was what? It was, uh, what's 27 by, it's, it's gotta be pushing a uh, 40%, right? Yep. Well, that's, that's even worse. I mean, if the, if the income was like 15 and the outlays were, were 17, you sit there and say, well, you're not that far off, right? Well, <laughs> when your income is four and your deficit and your outlays 6.7, well, now this year through, Six months, we're, we're down to six sixty-eight, right? So if you double that, we're, we're at one point three trillion this year, which is, which is a lot, but it's less than half of last year. So either, you know, which probably means they're not sending out as many checks to people, correct? And they're not selling, sending out probably as much stuff to you know, God knows how much these companies got and these states got and everybody else. Uh, so they, you know. It, it's funny, uh, Jan. If you want to see how much you got the PPP program, 
You can find every single business, if you know the name, and find out how much money they got. I, I wonder if I decide I want to find out how much, say, United Airlines got, or American Airlines, or these other, these big operations. I don't think that's anywhere near as transparent. Or if it is, I haven't found oh, no. out. no, no. That's just a different part of the... How can you... How can you here's a stupid question. How can you say this is going to be transparent... We let everybody know what we gave everybody, but oh, by the way, once you're a certain size, we're not going to let anybody know. <laughs> How do you write that in the same bill? Well, the, the fraud throughout time is just kind of something that it, it's going to take a while to sort it all out to get the true numbers. But I've been reading recently about it, even with the you know the COVID testing mania and all these fly-by-night operations that opened up and you know milking people's insurance using DNA related tests as a way of you know getting fake med- medical procedures paid for surgical procedures everything else by creating fake identities and then it's just like ghost payrolling it's millions and millions of dollars just in Illinois um, what what kind of you know system that allows that sort of well, you know, leakage if you have government money being you know, thrown it. It's one thing if it actually went to fill legitimate budget holes, but if it's actually going just to fuel, you know, a whole series of fraudulent industries that are sopping it up, well, what, what, what are we really down? Well, how, how much have we really lost? It's well, I mean, just, uh, you know, how, how are you budget holes that aren't being closed? How are, how are you defining uh, fraud? Because I, as somebody who's on all over this PPP stuff, is. Uh, because we at, at PTI, we got a little bit. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll explain that to everybody, but we, we got a little bit. Um, and we didn't get any of the other stuff that, uh, that uh, you know, the places that were forced to shut down or any of that stuff. Because even though all the bridges were closed, they had to sneak through the one bridge that was open every morning. They, they still considered us open. Because to say that we weren't partially shut down for a year is so stone cold ignorant. We didn't see a, a client in the office for a year and a half. I mean, talk about that part. And then every restaurant where I could have met one, they were closed too. So to say we weren't partially shut down, I mean, we, did we do all the business for individual people here? Yeah, we managed to get it done. Uh, but to say we weren't uh, encumbered is, a, is an interesting. Right, and, 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 and blocked. Yeah, blocked. Straight out blocked. Well, think of all the places that, you know, took money and laid people off. Money that was supposed well, to that's be earmarked for salaries or payroll. And they just cut the payroll and pocketed the money. Do we have any idea how much of that money? Well, when you when you give money to somebody, and the first thing they do when they start getting business, they say that uh, they're short people. Well, we gave you the money to pay them. How could you be short? Right. Why did you ever? Where are they? Yeah, Why where did are they? Don't have to work every day. You didn't. You didn't pay them. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna we, let's talk about. When we come back for break, but I'm gonna make a, a, a split between. I'm gonna say there's there's people who, if you look at it, you'd say didn't quote deserve the money okay but the thing was written in such a way it's written as it's written right uh, I mean and, and if you just if you qualified and got the dough I don't really have a problem with that John even though and we'll talk about that but then then people who flat out you know mis- mischaracterized themselves or let people go anyway or just took bonuses for the top 10 and let everybody else go even though that was you had a lie pretty much to get that forgiven because uh, it was, you know, it was a little stricter than that. But anyway, we'll talk about that after the break. SP Futures still down 33, not any worse. The SP Futures down 110. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, oh, welcome back. Thanks, and Jacks. Tom Howard, Mr. Matt Byrne on the board, S&P Futures. Just as I said, we're hanging in there. Now we dropped five points during break, around 38.25. Nasdaq futures down 127. This does not look like there's any real, uh, you know, any real, any real plus here. This is not a. Uh, but Jan, uh, I'm going to say that there's, as usual, there's a, there's a million uh, levels of, of of stuff here. Uh, and um, we're, how can I how can I even start this? But the. Uh, uh, if you're if you're a firm, like the biggest complaints I got. Now, again, we're talking about a government that was trying to uh, put, essentially it was helicopter money, right, right, Jan? Right. Uh, the, uh, um, so what helicopter money means, they, they've decided they're, just, they're going to just put that out there, and uh, they didn't really care who got it. I mean, helicopter money means you go to State and Madison back when it was like a key intersection, and you open up the door and you throw out fifty dollar bills and, and people just uh you know, people just look. Or you just grab and, and that part's okay. You know, that that's the that's the that's the shtick. Um, but the this particular one was set up that way and the idea was it was a loan uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, John, it was a loan for you to pay employees that you otherwise would have laid off. Right, because we didn't want people, the whole damn country, getting laid off and not getting paid because of COVID. And the beginning of COVID was pretty darn rough, and everybody thought, you know, an awful lot of well, an awful lot of people did die, but a really, really awful lot of people were going to die. 
and uh, to the point where like almost everybody they didn't think there was any natural immunity to this and blah 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 so um, the idea was you were to keep people on even if they're working from home or not working from home and but now people immediately uh, smelled a rat right out of the gate because not everybody was COVID effective I mean, the, the people that had, I'm going to say this is going to sound bad, but the people who could work from home and got paid anyway, but the guy who delivered the sandwiches and took the garbage and all the other stuff still worked every day. The bus drivers worked every day. The cops worked every day. The firemen worked every day. Nobody cared about them, right? It was a very, yep. it was a very class, uh, class centric. So, yeah, but let's put it this way. So I, I started getting emails here. Hey, Chief, the, the guys in the Naper Tucky uh, whoever did, picks up the garbage in Naper Tucky or, or Hinsdale or whoever, hey, he, these guys are working uh, every day and they're, and, they're, and they're getting paid and they're still getting their PPP. All right, well, the deal was it didn't say that the person had to be not working to apply. The, per- the person could be working and apply and they still were going to give you, what, 75% or whatever it was of the person's on a loan. Now, at the, afterwards, if you could apply for forgiveness and say, did you pay out? Seventy was it seventy five percent of salaries and the rest for like rent or something? Yeah. Something like seventy five ready, something like in there. If you did exactly what they said, you you got the loan forgiven. Okay, they didn't they didn't say you had to pay people that weren't working, right? And they, and they right. didn't they didn't right. and they never said that the uh, now maybe it should have that there should have been a revenue test on the thing, but there wasn't. So the people who picked up the garbage in Naperville or whoever else never missed a day, never missed a paycheck. Uh, we're out there every day in COVID. I guess you can wear a mask when you're throwing garbage in the thing. I don't know if it makes any difference. Wear a mask anyway, right? Yeah. So, so they, people said, well, well, that was not the spirit of the law. They never had it. They never were affected by it. Well, it may not have been the spirit of what you think the law should have been, but it surely wasn't where the law was written. But now you step into, into plan B. What about the people who just laid everybody off, got the money, and then either were right on the edge took some bonuses themselves, paid the people the minimum they could, and then the minute the PPP ended, fired everybody anyway. Uh, you know, that's, as long as you, as long as you crossed the T's and dotted the I's and made it just where the law was, well that's clearly not the spirit either, right? But a lot of people, I think a lot of the airlines did that. They waited till they possibly could, then they laid off all the pilots. And the stewardesses and wherever else. Uh, sorry, flight attendants. Uh, but then there's people who flat out, there was some, and I, you know, this is not a disparaging remark, although it may turn out this way. There, were, there was a couple, shall we say, uh, interesting churches, John. They got a bunch of dough. Then they'd say, employees, the number would be zero. <laughs> they laid everybody off. I, I, you know, I don't know what happened to those guys. The pastor just took it and went to another state. But So there's there's like degrees of not the spirit of the law. I wouldn't have written it that way. So, so I, would, I wouldn't have written it that way. Okay. Well, I wouldn't have either, but it, it was written that way. Then there was not the spirit of the law, but the letter of the law. And then there were people, like the little bit we got, um, the people still here worked, but for God's sake, we were affected huge. I mean, uh, in terms of any kind of new people. Plus, you know, some of the people who got COVID and died were our clients. You know, so you're losing people. <laughs> Plus, you, I mean, it's, so there, there are people who really did, it worked for them in a uh, neighborhood, our, our, our little place, the Triple E Tap. And I'm saying a bad thing about, Nick, because I wouldn't, but he, they got it. He kept everybody under payroll. The neighborhood helped a little bit, and he managed to keep the business going, and now they're doing okay, which is, which is exactly the way it was intended, right? Right. I mean, was he still open? Yeah, but were the revenues the same? God, no. You know, yet he kept every single person on, on the payroll. 
if he did it exactly he was supposed to do and he, he's a good guy. You know, so, I mean, yeah, but w- w- if, are the people who just went into the last second, got to the percentage they wanted, then laid every boy off anybody and dashed? I, I know a lot of people who got massive money for restaurants and they had their first, their, their best year ever, Jen. And they got like a half a million dollar check on top of their best year ever, like pizza places that did carry out and did more than they ever, they never dreamed they were going to do. There were some places that put, uh, big tents out in the parking lot, closed the bar of six stools, considered, said they had a partial shutdown, then got not only PPP money, but they well, got yeah, some. Yeah, I, I was at these places. I thought, how did they get the money to do this? This is a, a radical reinvention of this restaurant. <laughs> well, and then, well, then there was, there was two. There was, there was the PPP, then there was the Employee Redemption Act. Uh, retention act, sorry, not redemption. And theoretically, if you already got the dough from the PPP, uh, you couldn't of the employee retain. But there were some, uh, in the PPP, there were, there were some, uh, I think there might have been some revenue stuff the second time through, a revenue test. But the, if, if you were to get a load of this, Jan, in a, if you were in, a, in an essential business, like PTI, now we're essential, banks are essential, hardware stores are essential, if your if your revenue wasn't down over twenty percent, you didn't get a dime. Well, how name me a business, except you know Microsoft with their margin sixty percent. Name me a business that have, can have their revenue go down twenty percent while you keep everybody on that isn't in a world of hurt. I mean, and you're still paying rent. How many people have a twenty percent margin? Hell, we don't. Right. I mean, how do you get that? <laughs> uh, do you know anybody? <laughs> I mean, tell me a food store, a gas station, any place you know where the revenue can not not income. I mean, but just you're playing your your revenue goes to a million a year at eight hundred thousand, but you're not supposed to lay anybody off. All your rent stays the same and your taxes stay the same. Boy, I tell you what, that's that's a great business if you can get one. Well, you know, there were really two episodes of great stupidity here, Tom. The first one is the lockdowns themselves, which you know, there's no. In retrospect, absolutely no medical justification for what happened. Um, but then to use the, the you know the stimulus money and everything to, in effect, it, it wasn't battling the virus. <laughs> it was really to alleviate the ills that were caused by the lockdowns. And unfortunately, the lockdowns have had a much longer term negative effect on everything than maybe people realized or should have realized, but. Consumption patterns have been so altered. The, the the use of big city spaces has been so altered that the you know by turning these places into ghost towns, you invited criminal elements to take over, and it's apparently a daunting task to get rid of them. Once you've got the homeless people and vagrants on the CTA, for example, and camping out all over the place, that would not have happened had there been a pushback without you know a lockdown that prevented people from you know enjoying their own city so now we've got these these ridiculously costly you know episodes of helicopter money to combat the effect of the lockdowns which was totally preventable yep and there was a clip i saw the other day with a woman from the imf and it's got christine lagarde and a couple other people sitting around this big fancy table and this, this woman is very well spoken. She says, "You know, well, you know, the, clearly the, the stimulus money was the, was an example of the law of unintended consequences. We we should have known that this would have a gigantic inflationary effect." I said, "Well, duh. I mean, how how could it have any other kind of effect?" And yet, the, the, the lockdowns were never questioned. Everybody just 
should have known then that once you strangle businesses, you're going to have to pay through the nose to get them to come back. And even with gobs of money, a lot of them will never come back. No, and that's, no. that's pretty clear now that even, even places that survived the first year or two aren't looking so good in year three. Um, the, the lockdowns, you know, what, what China's doing now, and uh, I, that to me was prime example of stupidity gone haywire. Why, Jan, why do you the think... The money is, is awful stupid, but it wouldn't have been necessary at all had they not done, done the first stupid thing. I, I, I always go back to, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm you know, I guess I was real lucky that I ended up with some, I think, pretty good education. Um, but it's it, it constantly everything you did. The further you go in school, or at least when I was there, um, you, you go you go from uh, some of the some of the, the when you get to grad school, when you go to a good grad school. I don't know the rest of them were, but the you almost to the point John, where you don't you don't even they don't even have textbooks. They just have a bunch of uh, papers written by other economists or business people. And every test is, uh, not everyone, but a lot of them are, okay, <laughs> you go out and you, and you drop, you know, 2,000 bucks in the middle of the state in Madison. Follow that through for the next, like, 10 years, all the consequences, all the things that that's going to cause as you go down. Because, like, no man can do one thing, right? And, uh, and, and I don't think we have, any of that discipline in our government, we just take an idea and we run with it. By the way, do you have any idea, even though, or or Mr. Byrne, how many total PPP loans were given in the state of Illinois? I got no idea. You got to tell oh, me, Chief. I, I bet it's huge. <laughs> how huge is huge? <laughs> Give me a number, Tom. <laughs> $621,000. I'll believe it, whatever it is, believe it. <laughs> $621,411. I when I saw that I just I couldn't believe it. I mean I knew that everybody was trying to get one, but I mean uh, uh, thirty-seven point three billion dollars total loan amount. Average loan sixty grand. Average company size only six people. Um, it's pretty it's pretty something. And you can go through here and you can you can uh, go from uh, any any business type any industry uh, loan size. You can search however you happen to want. You can search by zip code. Um, Nussbaum Transportation, seven point two million dollars. Uh, GRP Mechanical, seven seven point two must have been the top. No, here's this guy, seven point four. Wh- who's One Hope United? And there's Long Construction Company, seven point four. American Hotel Register Company, who's that? Leonardo Construction, seven point five. Advanced Mechanicals, Evangelical Lutheran Church, seven point five. Uh, it's there. Are, these these things are up there, and. uh you know, there's there's law firms. There's every, American Lung Association, eight eight million. National Council of uh, Young Men's Christian Association. That's the YMCA, right? Yeah, eight million. Uh, Asher Brothers, eight million. Who the hell are they? Uh, Jackson Park Hospital, eight eight point one million. Great Lakes Plumbing, eight point one. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, and, and it probably you know, they tell you what they do and. Uh, manufacturing and, and some of these guys and there's law firms in here. Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 real though. Muscular dystrophy, eight point seven million. Like they got that big of a of a payroll. Muscular Muscular Dystrophy Foundation. <laughs> well, I mean, nonprofits. I'd like to see a breakdown just you know in in terms of the business focus of a lot of these places too. Well, name me an industry. I don't know, but that you don't already know, but. 
would be instructive to see. Name me an industry. What, yeah. what industry you want me to look at? Well, look at um, construction for starters. All right. Um, because that I can kind of understand. You know, if you, if you can't be outdoors, if you, if you can't, you know, get people to maintain your equipment, if you can't break ground. Or right, yeah, construction except for sale business or, uh, is that what you want? Constru- yeah. mm-hmm. How about construction, sand and gravel mining? What the hell what was that? Uh, new, new single family housing? How's that? Sure. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll search. Um, uh, Cadence McShane of Rosemont, 3.9 million. Uh, Plosher, who are they? 2.3, Alpha, uh, 1.6, RW Collins, Blackhawk Electoral. These are all in the 1 million. It's not huge here. Not, not as much as you would expect. Because I, I know their people are a lot of their people. They just didn't pay. If the electrician doesn't show up, you're not going to go through all this to pay him. You're just going to get a new guy when you come when you, when you build it on the Right, and probably a lot of those were for houses in the pipeline. They right. were on the hook for it. If they didn't deliver them, they lost everything. Um, so they, you know, it was either that or, or completely lose the asset. So um, I suspect, you know, those, those I, I can't say that for sure, but I would bet that those were ways of saving their shirts. Yeah, I will. Uh, to lose it all. Um, how about... Here's what I can, I'll nail you on this. Offices of lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're ready for this. Uh, law offices of Gerard, Gerard Shapiro. Is the guy doing all the, uh, doesn't he do the personal injury? Um, well, Shapiro does what he, he does. Tax, a, is it Richard Shapiro does the tax appeal work? Um, I get mailings all the time. Oh, no, this guy, uh, he, this guy does the, is it the personal injury stuff on there? Is he mesothelia? He's one of those things. He's always advertising. Ten million bucks. There's a number. Litchfield, Litchfield Cabo, officers of labor, those guys, 7.8. Uh, Brinks, Gibson, and Leon, and Byrne. Matt, are you in this one? Five, 5.9 mil. Well, now you know what I do in my office. Yeah, free, Freeborn and Peters, 5.9. Shift Harden, 5.4. Those guys are with the oh, CBOE guys. No tag days for Shift Harden. <laughs> yeah, 5.3. Can you imagine that? They, they claim they have 321 lawyers. Heil, Roaster, Vocal, and Allen, 4.8. Siegel, McCambridge. I know this guy. McCambridge is from uh, Marist. Siegel, McCambridge, Singer, and Mahoney. John McCambridge. He went to Harvard. Good guy. 4.6 million. I don't even know half of these guys. Swanson, Martin, and Bell. Where, where's, where's, where's Flanagan and Byrne here? For guys? Yeah. Well, I, I bet a lot of that money was earmarked for rent and office space, and they didn't want to give it up because they weren't sure how much they would need when things opened up again. So it was a way of maintaining, you know, the shingle on their front door. Um, but, but clearly, I mean, they didn't have staff, or they, or they sent them a home, and they were working from home or laid them off. Um, it, it just seems a lot of money. How do I not see Mayor Brown or those guys shifting in here? Oh, yeah, I saw Shafar. Who's the other one? Mayor Brown and Platt was the other big huge one. Yeah, I didn't see, I didn't see those guys in here. They, they must have snuck in as even bigger or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, John, what, what is, what do you think the mentality is? I mean, uh, I, I don't, again, after lose lectures of the last three weeks that I'm taking to heart, uh, I'm not going to put my own Western economic training logic on top of somebody else. Why exactly is China doing these lockdowns? It seems like they got they got 40 cases in Beijing. Of course, I don't believe the numbers. They say 40, it might be 4 million, but uh, 
I, what, what do they think they're accomplishing by by slamming people home and just having them pass it around at home? I, I think it has nothing to do with COVID, Tom. And, I mean, the idea of of zero COVID as a policy is not only impossible, but it's, it's you know, dangerous. Uh, the fact that doing it and talking about doing it in, in Beijing now is, to me, a, a power play to to show their population. I mean, it's one thing to control the rural parts of China, which you know can pretty much be cut off if if, if you want to, to keep news away from the pop the or, you know urban places. What's going on in the in the interior of the country? But once you start taking on the cities like Shanghai and Beijing and show the people there exactly what the government is capable of. Um, it's a way of reinforcing power that I think they're afraid of losing uh, because you know it's always one step away. If, you, if you're within within the Chinese Communist Party, you're one step away from losing the whole thing. And the only way they've been able to maintain control as they have is by frightening their people to death. And they don't much care if people commit suicide or despondent or starve to death or anything else. That that to them is just, you know, an ancillary or you know, an incidental expense. The bigger question is can we keep these people so afraid of us and do what they're told so that when things really get worse perhaps if, if China has a military incursion somewhere or feels themselves you know, it's now time to fight a war over Taiwan or something else, they've got to have people under their thumb completely. So they're, they're like trial runs. It's the only thing I can think of. And it may be a way, too, of accentuating supply chain issues to bring the rest of the country, the rest of the world to its knees and to, to you know, starve people who are you know, crazy for Chinese products. Because I'm thinking what this is doing to the, the port of Shanghai, um, let alone you know, as a financial center or anything else. It's all about controlling population that is pretty unruly even in good times and uh, it's a constant attempt on the, on the part of the Chinese party to keep bad news out of the hands of people to, to make people afraid of the government so what better way to do that than to imprison whole cities and they, they have to do this to show they can do it I, don't, uh, I, mean, I think it has nothing to do with COVID at all they, they sustained worse cases you know, instances of outbreaks, you know, than what they're showing now. And I think that the medical community would, would now say, well, lockdowns were, were no response at all. You don't, you know, isolate well, healthy people. Um, that's never been, you know, a, a good idea from an epidemiological standpoint. So they have all that discredited information, and they're just throwing all that to the winds. So it's about power and control. Well, I mean, if you're... If you're the, you know, one of the, the highbrows, as a ten thousand square foot apartment by yourself, I mean, Bill Gates was all for. Who's the guy that, that just got his ass kicked in uh, Netflix? Uh, tells the guy's name. Oh, he, yes. he was the guy who was fighting with uh, uh, the one guy. Where the one for one guy was long, and the other one was short. It um, Ackman. Ackman is the guy. he. He was all for total total lockdowns. Just put everybody away. Don't. Basically, don't let any of these people near me. Yet they still wanted their garbage. Like they'll, they'll just flip on their Netflix channel. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they don't, don't let any of these people near me. Um, it's you know, I don't. Uh, it's 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 an interesting world because I used to see the guys next door in you know engine company number one. If there was a fire, six or seven guys and, and ladies would pile into the back of that truck, and they didn't say we're too close. We can't go. We're only sending one fireman. I mean, uh, you had a six foot rule in the back of the truck. You'd end up with one fireman at the place. 
you know, I mean, it, it wouldn't be exactly the deal you'd want. So, uh, but it, it's, but I mean, I don't, I mean, uh, China doing that to themselves. I mean, it's like, I remember the hunt for Red October when one guy says, you arrogant ass, you've killed us. I mean, you can only do so much messing up your own place to, to mess other people up. I would bet Tom that they know something, too, deep down, that, you know, people in the West maybe have, have seen it coming for a while and uh, don't get much of a platform to talk about it because it's bad for, for business all the way around. But the Chinese know that I think their financial rise has peaked, um, and it's not going to go anywhere in a positive direction for the short term and maybe the long term too and accompanying that realization is a very disgruntled population that's become used to the standard of living that their grandparents would have found unimaginable and they're going to be pretty angry when that starts to vanish before their eyes well they start from such a low level uh jan we had uh, some people here that like i said where we, we had we did the uh we people are associated with PTI, and I go to some of the functions, talk a little bit about the stock markets and so forth. But there was a group of six or seven people came from China, and they were here for two weeks. I mean, they were up in the office like every other day, getting lectures and stuff. And uh, this group would take them out, see farmers. They, I tell you what, the thing I did love was the barge tour on the river. We went through this huge lock and everything. I thought that was pretty neat. And uh, uh, then we went to a uh, what do you call it? ethanol plant. Those things are really neat. I mean, so it wasn't like I didn't enjoy part of it, but uh, they they were the, the the family plot in some of those areas was like an eighth of an acre. It was like worse than any kind of sharecropping you would have guessed. I mean, you had just some vegetables, you got maybe a few cows, and some chases where you could sell some milk or some, sell some eggs, and you got the rest of the stuff. And I mean, that that that, that was your livelihood. And those people essentially went from those areas into the cities. That's why these cities. I mean, beginning in 1900, Chicago was one of the top ten cities in the world. And now we're, what are we? We're not even in the top hundred, are we? Right. I mean, uh, right. so I mean, the, 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 the movement from the rural areas to the city over there were just, were just, was just dramatic. So, uh, but the interesting part is the, the people that are in government, I mean, if you wanted to have, I actually kind of set one of these things up once because I went to, uh, just out of the blue, John. I was at one of those economic club of Chicago. I was a member of that for a while. And uh, I was talking to some lady in a cocktail hour, and her company was looking to do something over in uh, China. And it just so happened that the meeting before, I had talked to somebody from the Chinese consulate. I had her card, so I just essentially gave the one lady this other lady's card. And she called me and said, thank you very much. They, when they look at your business, you go to inter- interviewed, and, you know, a lot of times you're, the reason why you're going over there is because the people you supply have already gone over ahead of you. Like we had somebody on who was a guest that does the uh, the coatings. Don't call him Teflon or he's very pissed. Coatings on pots and pans. Well, the pot and pan manufacturers are over there, so he said, and he's from West Chicago, the only way he could sell it to them was he had a manufacturing place there too, right? So we didn't, we didn't really want to, but <clears throat> when you go over there, they'll say, okay, well, you belong in like this province. And then they'll say, well, here, here's your guy. Here's your Matt Byrne. That's your political, whatever he is. He's the son or grandson of one of the guys in power, and he takes care of your firm. He makes sure that there's no union uprisings or anything like that. No, oh, by the way, you got to pay this guy. Well, it's so, got to be good. It's got to be good. <clears throat> so it's uh, you know that that's what they end up doing in terms of. You've, that's why they have more millionaires in China than pretty much anywhere else. 
and yet the rest of the people don't have a, don't have a, a bone, right? And uh, but I, I don't get. Let me ask you this: We only have about a minute and a half, and you and I are not from different sides of the aisle. Are are definitely not big at it and government promising people stuff after we just went over today. But what can you say to the the, the Matt Byrne, John Flanagan of the world that, that are dying to open up a factory to fill a supply chain hole that used to be from China? What can the government guarantee you It says two years from now and we lose the White House and ugh, Trump Trump's back in and Trump decides to let everything come back in from China or the other way around? Or what, 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 what can they say to you that gives you some sort of a, of a you're never going to guarantee, but uh, an assurance that that you're not going to turn this bus around and we're going to love China stuff again six months from now, the minute I get done with my factory. Uh, there's nothing they can do or nothing that they w- would ever want to do to give you that kind of certainty, just like they would, they would never make it predictable what kind of, you know, emission standards are going to be enforced. You know, you, you get a different crew of people in Washington, it's going to be, you know, 180 degrees the other direction for a while, but it's, it's never going to be something that's making it easy for people here to compete. And we've, we've done everything possible to make it pra- practically a, you know, beyond your wildest dreams to open a business. You, you'd think from looking at Chicago that we don't want no factories in the city anymore. We don't, we don't want entrepreneurs. We don't want investments. I mean, could, could they make the message any clearer? So it isn't so much the, you know, the government. I just think that the, from the ground up, we've just had a sea change in our thinking, and we don't tolerate the sort of things that we would have to tolerate if we really wanted to be prosperous and have some say in our prosperity and not depend on other countries. So until we make make that change, and it's not going to come from government, it's going to have to come from us, I think, to, to tolerate having factories in our neighborhoods and, and give up a little bit of what we think we, we shouldn't have to put up with if we really want to be prosperous, because prosperity well, we, has, you know, a cost to it, and you know, you, we have to balance it and figure it's worth it to do this, and we've somehow lost sight of that, that calculus. Well, we want nothing but law firms, then we have to put up with all the lawyers. Right, right. <laughs> Can't, can't run a country at law firm. <laughs> John, thank you very much. Country anyway. <laughs> SVU down twenty six. We're coming back here. SVU down seven eight. Be right back, Miss, Miss Nancy. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. 
We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tim Howe. Mr. Matt Byrne on the, on the phone. Pretty soon we have Ms. Uh, Nancy Long Graham of American Portfolio Management. As soon as I get done with all this. Uh, crazy markets. NZ futures down 31, which is actually better than it has been at some point. So we've been banging around the 30, 31, 32 number. As low as 35, as high as 26 down. NASDAQ down 84. We've seen it down 110 or so. Uh, so a little better. We've got the Dow down 195. It was down over 200. Then it came back to being only down 165. Now it's leaking south again. The only stock in the Dow that's up is Kodak. It came out with earnings. It's up a dollar nine to 66.34. The earnings were, uh, they beat, and they beat on revenue. Revenue up 16%. They did not say how much of that was price increases or more Coke. Uh, I'm going to say, it's, well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to what it was, but because they, they didn't say. Uh, over in Europe, we've got DAX down 157, 1.1%. Let's come back actually a hair. Let's see down 128, 1.7%. Back around down 101, 1.5%. The big, big carnage is over in Asia. We've got the Nikkei down 514, 1.9%. But get this, Shanghai. On 158, that's 5.1%. That's mainland China's getting hammered because they're thinking maybe of, of shutting down Beijing. Uh, ouch, that would be. Hang Seng down 769, that's 3.7%. Friday, just to go over the unhappy news there, the Dow was down 981, barely staying above 1,000 down. S&P down 121, 2.8%. NASDAQ was down 335, 2.5. Uh, the bonds today... Now, nine basis points, 2.81, so it means the, uh, the bonds are actually rallying. A little bit of flight to quality there. The bond down four point basis points to 0.88. Uh, Japan unchanged at uh, 0.25. We've got oil, whack, whack, down 4.5%. That's 4.59, so, you know, reasonably under 100 here. Rent down 481, uh, 101.84. Natural gas up 2 cents, 6.56. Our Bob down 11. 318, I should have waited to put some gas in the Suburban. 
uh, gold down 38 bucks, 1895. Basically, we're selling everything everywhere. Silver down 80 cents, 23.45. Copper down 11, 4.46. You know you're bad when people don't even want gold. For God's sake, crypto selling this off too, down 7.68, Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Give us some good news. Chicago sports. Nah, I can't go there either. Really. <laughs> that, yeah, if you want good news, don't look to Chicago sports right now. Uh, 7:36 a.m. April 25th, 2022, and the uh, basketball uh, last night. Bulls lose to Milwaukee Bucks, 119 to 95. Suns lose to New Orleans, 103 to 118. In baseball, Cubs lose to Pittsburgh, 3 to 4. Uh, White Sox lose to Minnesota, 6 to 4. Diamondbacks lose to uh, Mets, 2 to 6. But uh, hey, Blackhawks playing tonight uh, uh, versus uh, Philadelphia Flyers at 7 p.m. Central Time. In weather, Chicago mostly cloudy, a little humid, a uh, more humid than usual, uh, 50 to 1 degrees, high of 58, low of 41. In Phoenix, clear skies, 58 degrees, high of 78, and a low of 58. Traffic in Chicago, traffic eastbound to Eisenhower after Wolf Road and nearly solid uh, to downtown. Uh, traffic westbound to Eisenhower between Independence Boulevard and Harlem Avenue. Traffic eastbound to Kennedy uh, between Cumberland to West Fullerton. And heavy traffic starting at North Racine to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy between West Addison uh, just before Harlem. And uh, traffic starts westbound on the Dan Ryan between West Garfield and I-55 North. Uh, gets a lot heavier uh, at 31st all the way to downtown. And that's due to uh, road closures uh, due to construction at Ruble Street between West Roosevelt and Taylor Street. Uh, traffic northbound in Stevenson between Illinois Route 171 uh, just before South Kedzie. And minor traffic northbound Lakeshore between Stevenson Ramp and East Jackson Drive. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. Well, that's enough. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Nancy, how are you? Good. How are you? Okay. Just all I do is talk did you have a nice weekend? I did. All I do is talk about uh, uh, the... Uh, although uh, I was over at your friend's place, and uh, so we go out have a nice dinner, come back, and uh, somehow the poodle had made it into the pantry. And uh, I don't know what she, I don't know what she, I don't know what she ate in there, but she was all over the place all night, just running around, running around. She must have went in and got like some uh, some speed or something. <laughs> she's a she's an inventive young thing. Isn't she? Yeah, she's an inventive thing, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yes, she is. She's a good little girl. She she's just full of energy. But just with the minute you leave her alone, she just got to be looking someplace dastardly. It's uh, just the way she is. But but she is. Yeah. Where did, where? And where did you go? Well, that's where you, our, our place out in uh, all the way down. Where where the hell is it? It's down in uh, one suburb further down, Little Joe's. Little Joe's, okay. It's in uh, what's the? It's in Homer Glen. Further, it's like that's in, New Lenox. New Lenox, yeah. That's New Lenox. Yeah. They had a, they had a big they had a big crowd uh, because they had some kind of I don't know some people doing some live music and stuff and. Uh, but it was fun. They, you know, everybody's, everybody's happy. That's always a, you always find people to talk to in that bar. Uh, it's the, the South Siders, when they, they, they keep moving out kind of in the same cookie cutter direction. Like you would never see one of those people go to like LaGrange or, or North Side or something. They just keep moving Southwest. It's an interesting phenomenon. Yes, it's more affordable. Well, that, but you mean you start out and, you started out back of the yards or visitation, then you went to maybe St. Rita or someplace, and then you went to, uh, Evergreen Park, then you went to further out to Orland, and now you just keep going the same direction. You keep taking your picks and places with you. They just move out. Your restaurants just move out as the, as the city decays and uh, everybody moves further out. It's, uh, 
when they look and see where everybody used to live and nobody wants to drive through there, right? It's a uh, scary stuff. Anyway, so Nancy, I was thinking about you this weekend. My, uh, well, I, I did some calculations on which I shouldn't have done. Every time you do, you surprise yourself. So I looked at somebody with a $240,000 mortgage with a 3.7% rate, and it looks like they're paying 1100 a month. Now, you probably know this in your head, but okay. I, I'd use a calculator. If you move that number to 5.7 on the interest rate, you had to drop the 240 down to 190 to get you the same 1100 a month. I don't think anybody, including me, and it's been so long since I went through this stuff, had any idea. I knew it would be lower. I had no idea it would be 50 grand lower. And uh, it's it makes a dramatic difference in how much you can pay for a home. I mean, obviously, I'm not telling you that. You, okay. It's it's scary. Is, okay. are, are you running the people with Sticker Shack? Yeah, yesterday I fielded, I can't tell you how many phone calls about this. And the bottom line is I tell people, look, I mean, you may think it's it's shocking, but everything is going up. And if you think you can stay renting for another year or two and outweigh this, that's fine, but then what is your rent going to go up to? Yeah, well, that's, that's another story. And then story. there's a silence. And, and so I said, I don't really know if there's that much difference, but you have to figure out, You everyone's been purchasing on, you know, how much money do I have per month? How What what could you cut out that you could actually get into something and be stable for a while, but you have to buy something and make sure that you really want to stay there because you're going to grow into it now. And that's what you and I had to do. Okay, and somebody, one person yesterday said, well, I absolutely can't cut out my liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Because. I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the luxury, right? That's, that's the luxury that you you do. What, what's the new sign that Audrey? What's the new sign Audrey just bought? Uh, you're not really drinking alone if your dog is with you. No, you're not really drinking alone if your dog is home. Oh, if the dog is home. <laughs> God. So there, there you go, no, man. When the guy said that. If yeah, the dog's I was on a just walk, so surprised trouble, because I was like, well, okay, that would be, you know, back in my day, that would have been the luxury. Cigarettes, liquor, you know, um, you would have cut golf, um, you know, you would have cut out something that you could, you know, the um, going out to dinner, uh, something like that. But I don't, you know, everyone's got different priorities. So you, you've got to make a decision now if you want to stay renting or do you want to, you know, try and make that change over. Well, Nance, what's the what's the attitude in the sense that, uh, you know, I was probably a real little kid. Uh, when my mother and stepfather bought, bought the bungalow, and uh, I believe it was 1958. must have been because I was in second grade, six years old, something like that. Uh, they paid, I'm going to say, nineteen five for it. Uh, mother was, was mm-hmm. a work. My, so they put down, of course, my mother had the down payment, not my stepfather, even though he had a good job. Uh, he, he did GI Bill thing at the ball, so is an account. The idea that if you can afford it today, that next year the house would would be either fifteen grand instead of nineteen, or if you were willing to show up and work every day and then get run over by a bus, uh, that the world would be worse for you. You wouldn't get a raise, you wouldn't get a, a promotion or something. The idea that the future wasn't brighter, you know. Assuming no bad luck, you know, heart attack, cancer, that kind of thing, that the world would always be better for you. 
Now, even today, I mean, if somebody is of that ilk, there's there's kind of two different things happening. One is, uh, hold on to this answer. How many people do you put in a house on a percentage basis where if either one of them loses their job, they can't carry the house? Which essentially gives you twice the risk than of one person, right? Uh, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know, you look at the stock market, look what happened on Friday, and look at what's going on with Chinese other places, and we got a war. Can you honestly say, not you or me, can some person 30 years old honestly say, two years from now, don't worry about it, things will be better than today? I mean, I don't know if people think that. Or whether they should I think I have it. no idea. Well, should they think they, it? I don't... Well, without hope, we have no dream. Without I, dreams with and hope, we have no vision of our future, correct? I mean, you, you would just... Tomorrow, the, the one thing in life is tomorrow it's going to change. So if you don't have the attitude that it's going to change for the better, you know, you're, you would be considered depressed. Um, those types of things. So, I mean, I think you, these kids don't even understand what could be coming at them. So, if you're in your 20s, I mean, you have to look that it's going to be better tomorrow. That's, that's, that's how they've been, you know, we've been raised. So, you never give up hope. Tomorrow it's going to be better. Um, and that's what the immigrants do. I mean, they, if, if you tell some, if you tell somebody back in the day, you know, we're going to cut your pay in half, they'd say, okay, and then they'd still cut their, their expenses at home and make it because they'd go back to, they'd learn how to bake, cook from scratch, do what they have to do. And that's just what we're going to face, and we're going to make the best of it. Um, that's, I mean, people will tell you that, Amir, I, I had a couple this weekend that are, in, are um, non-U.S. citizens. They've got the, their right paperwork. And they're saying this is much better, as bad as it is here, as bad as we think it is. We're better off. Oh, we, we're we're out of doubt. Them. Oh God, yeah. I mean, are you, you and I will never argue that. I just, uh, I, I, I have a different. I, I used to feel that way. Nancy, then, then there became a time when I had eleven traders working for me on the trading floor, thinking that this okay. was our future. And now there's like four firms that have somehow managed to kick everybody else out. And, and, and there are five firms and, and, and basically make all the money that 2,000 people used to make. Uh, so, I mean, the, in, in this world, I mean, we've, we've looked at a decade or two of falling real wages for 85% of the population. Uh, you and I know, because, I mean, well, first of all, you're kind of a self-made lady, so is Audrey, and I've always been an entrepreneur, and I... To this day, I picked the wrong thing to do. I would have been way better off just going to work for a bank out of grad school, manage to dodge a few mergers, and I'd be sitting there making $2 million a year at some bank with a big desk and about eight weeks vacation, right? It would be a lot different deal. But, I mean, today I I don't see this massive movement where the person uh, buying the house who's making sixty grand. I don't see him making eighty five. well, inflation maybe. I don't see him making eighty-five two years now if he's working for some conglomerate. Do you? No, I don't. And wages, I I agree with where you're going in this. That and when you purchase something today, you know there's going to be no guarantee that um, tomorrow it's going to. I'm going to make more money. I think people, if they go into these things, they're going to have to find other ways and other. They're either going to have to cut back. Or they're going to have to get creative and work a second job, sell things on the side, 
um, get hobbies, learn how to do things themselves. Oh, I, I mean, it's going to go. We're going to we're going to go back to learning how to bake, cook. Oh, when our parents were alive, uh, I just did the. Uh, well, I haven't seen you, but I, um, in a while, and for you've been ditching me. But the uh, my buddy Jan Flynn, who was just on before you, he uh, if if you want him to do it for you, I don't know if you want to know about your family, but he can find all this stuff in the census that just came out. And I, I cannot imagine seven people living in the house that I originally grew up in. And that's the way people live. That's one way of doing it. Put like ten people in your house. Uh, I'm not so sure. That's, that's the, correct. I mean, not so sure we want to go back to that with one bathroom, but uh, I mean that's that's what those people did, right? I mean there was no uh, correct. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think at see- one point when I grew up, we had to. Um, I there were three families living in the same house with my grandmother. Really, my dad had yeah. We my it was my dad, my mom, and then we had four kids. And his sister lived there, who was pregnant with a kid and her husband, and then my grandmother. And it was a um, it was really a two bedroom home with a dining room that they made that the bedroom, and there were cots lined up in the basement. And that's how we lived. And there was one bathroom, man. And you were told you had like. You know, literally like four minutes in the bathroom. Yeah. They didn't get out. <laughs> that was it. You were done. And I had to go to bed. My grandmother had to get up for work at 3.30 in the morning. And so I had to go to bed with her at um, 7 o'clock at 6.30 at night. Wow. And I was told that just offer it up. Yeah, offer it up. You'll get you a few days. Well, so what, uh, right now you... Yeah, offer I mean, it up. I mean, I know, I know you're still busy. You, I, I think you're probably not busy on refis. What is oh, the- there's no refis. It's just strictly purchase business. And unfortunately, people are doing this bidding more stuff. And people, I, so I have clients that are looking, but they can't get anything. So everyone is, we're, I'm finding myself in the same thing. I mean, you're going to have to cut back until you can um, get through. Well, what, uh, when, when you, let's say most of the people now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just lobbing this one out there. A lot of the people I know, the people that Audrey's working with, she's still busy, but they're they're people kind of trading houses. People are looking to downsize, people are upside. I mean, it's and she has a few first time buyers that are looking for ones they maybe can help fix up and those kinds of things. But um, when when people are trading houses, and I know you've been doing this refi stuff for like a long time and very busy. What is the average rate that I mean, if, if you an older couple says, okay, we're selling the house, we're buying a townhome. Audrey gets into places. You get them either they're paying cash or they're getting a small mortgage in town. What mortgages are people giving up? What's what's the average mortgage that's out there now after the refi? Is it is it real low? Is it three and a half? Did that many people refi? Most of the mortgages are in the threes. Okay, so most people. I mean, if they're able to are in the threes, and I would say top out at four. I don't think anybody's got a mortgage over four. So okay, it's just so like we're starting all over again. So they, they, it was there. Was there long enough? You don't you don't see somebody wandering in that still has a five and a half or a six that didn't find their way to refight at some point. That is correct. That is correct. So if the new rate's five, is what, what is the new rate? Is it five and a quarter? Um, there are any there? You know, it's a sandwich now. It's a, is it a purchase or a refi? Well, is, on a purchase. Is it a what kind of structure is it? What's your credit score? What's your debt to income? And then they give you them. Then it gets you rate. But they were definitely in the five, five and a half, 
You're not touching you know, the six number yet, right? You know, the average for the average guy, five and a half. We're not. I mean, is, are people paying over six? I had somebody the other day pay over six in that sandwich. Well, that got there pretty quick. But but well, well, this person did not want to have to pay any closing costs and on a purchase. You know, but he doesn't. In the the thinking behind that is he doesn't. He wants to pay it off in one to two years. Okay, and we'll be able to do that because he's buying, and then he will sell his home after he moves out and fixes it up, right? Because everybody wants a turnkey, and then so he'll have the money from the sale of his home, and then um, they're saving. He and his wife are saving so that they can actually. Uh, this paying it off thing is probably he's probably going to get close. He'll get under maybe like a hundred grand or you know fifty somewhere around there, and then they'll pay it off as they go. All the extra money they have, they've decided they're going to any discretionary money at the end of the month is going to go through the mortgage till they're done. All right, then these are still loans that end up probably Fannie and Freddie. Fannie and Freddie, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What are you doing on jumbos? First of all, how much is a jumbo these days? Oh, well, ju- and not that many people are in the jumbos because the um, the the conforming went up to ooh, it's between five and six hundred thousand. So, uh, you know, the, I'm not that many people are getting into jumbos. We're, we're re- people are really getting hit are the secondary second homes and investment. There's no mercy on those loans. Uh, when you say no mercy, how much? No mercy. How much? Well, they're getting hit. They're probably in the sixes. Now, does somebody, if yeah, if, if I have my if I have a shack that say I got like very little left on it, or or it's paid off, and I want to buy a vacation home in Long Beach or someplace, do they, are they making me put my first one up, or is this, is the second one a standalone mortgage? Second one is a standalone mortgage. Okay. But yes, but they're just they're just hitting me up for it now. Before a second home was the same as buying a regular, almost the exact same price pricing as a primary residence. But now it's not. I mean, okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. Now, what do you think the Fed's going to do? Some the rumor is it's going to be seventy five basis points. Uh, Nancy, you and I have talked. The inflation rate is, I think, like fifteen, and the interest rates are one. They are so far behind. They they could raise it six points and they won't be there. Let alone, I think they're going to do a half. But I mean, they're, they're, it's it's like the, the train is already passing Denver and we're starting out after it. I mean, it doesn't matter how fast we go, does it? I mean, they're they're they're, they're so far. I mean, I don't. Know, I've never seen. Have you ever seen more people talk about something for two years without doing anything? They send five people out to talk. Then the chairman comes out. Then they're going to do it all again. Then they're going to do a half a point and then. It's not going to make any difference. And next month they're going to get a. I mean, the, the PPP, PPP, the producer price index, PPP, uh, was if you look at the, the the goods part of it, the last two months it was two point three percent both months. And, and the and the services part, in other words, you're in the PPP, believe it or not. Uh, so what they're saying is you have not been able to raise your rights at all, but all the stuff you you buy to do your business went up two point three percent two months in a row. So, it's if that follows through that two point three percent into the P, into the CPI, that's not good. These guys, I don't, I, I don't know if, if they're if they're in denial or they. I'll ask you, Nancy, you're a lady of the world. 
Uh, would you rather have the people run the place be that crooked or that stupid? I'm from Chicago. I guess I'm going to go for crooked. <laughs> You'd rather be crooked. At least you know you could talk to them. <laughs> I can live with crooked for so long. I know how Chicago works. I, I know I'd how rather, it is. I can live in that system. I, I'd rather have a smart crook as my alderman than some dumbo. <laughs> you know what? I think anybody, everybody in Chicago has got to be in that. I bet John Flanny would say the same thing. At least I went up there and say, hey, look, if, 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 if you give me this, I'll give you that. At least you can deal with the guy. I mean, if you're just a dumbo, what do you... You're better you, off. You're better off, yes. I know how it works. I know how it works. I've been living in the last you know, 30 yeah, we, years. I know how that works. Yeah, we... we, we you know, you gotta, stupidity part of, I can't figure that out. There's no cure for stupid. I can work in the other way. <laughs> what did Mike Royko say? That, that our motto should be, where's mine, instead of I will? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh, what, what happens... Uh, you're not going to get caught. I mean, I don't. I think you and Audrey are too smart. You're not going to get caught with somebody who buys a house and don't worry, I'll sell mine, and then gets clunked on two places, are you? That happened, boy, in 2007. No. That happened in 2000. That happened in 1980 something. I've seen people go into that. And that boy talk about miserable. That's a bad spot to be. It, it is. It is. So you have to be very careful when you're giving advice because you want to make sure that you can actually make it happen for somebody. Well, how hard is you it do. for somebody? You don't to... want anyone stuck. Well, right now there aren't very many places available, at least in areas where people want to be. So, what do you do? I mean, you can't. You don't want to sell your place and then live in a, a, you know, a motel for if you can find one of those for for three months. But you also can't exactly jump for one in a bidding war when you haven't sold yours either. People have some people have chosen. They've chosen that that path, and. Um, I have we have one right now, and um, uh, we're going to try and make that situation work. The big the biggest problem is getting all the tradesmen in there. You know, one right, getting a commitment, getting them to get their materials, and that they're going to go in and update the home that the person is going to be leaving. That's going to be the biggest. You know, that's the biggest problem is lining up those tradesmen, making them make a commitment, getting them get their stuff. You can't be picking things that are going to, you know, come in in two weeks because you know what? It's not going to be there. No, it's a... Uh, and making that situation work. Well, you, a lot of the young people, they they don't want, they don't want to look past anything. They don't want to be, they don't want to live in the basement while they're redoing the kitchen or the bathrooms or painting the place. They want to walk right in, drop their stuff down and, and turn on the TV, right? That is correct. That is correct. And so you have to make sure what you're leaving behind that you can get it in that order because usually, you know, people live in their homes and they're they have some they're worn. Yeah, they're, right. They've lived there. It's got that lived in look, and nobody wants it. They want to walk in and have it perfect. Now, back in the nineties, they loved the lived in look. The worse it was, they was they were going to go in and attack it themselves and fix it up. Yeah, I want to do it the way I want to so, do it. And I don't mind doing some of it myself. That was the attitude, right? Correct, and that's not there right now. No, so. it's not. It's a whole different world. Well, you look at the places. Uh, look at that area, Audrey. We only got a few seconds here, but that area Audrey was looking at where people bought condos for like a one sixty five, and now they're going for like for twenty years ago. It's over on uh, a Central, around one hundred third there. Now they're going for like, which I think they were like one forty five or something. And basically, they were just worn. I mean, they needed new kitchens, new bathrooms, and that were you, you you used it up, right? I mean, it was. You, it's not right. new anymore. It wasn't like you lost money on it. You just didn't put any money in at all to, 
to update it or keep it keep it new and now all of a sudden it's other other people say well it was new when you moved in it's not new anymore they're not going to pay the same amount right that is correct um, and that's what's going on and it's just it's just people well how do the people end up the one place generation. how do the people Audrey and I brought with one place that you just sold and how do people exactly get the yellow sink and the red toilet in the same bathroom um, you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know what to say, but it's it's still functional. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they don't care. They don't look at that. I guess you get used to just. If you only have they... so many dollars to go around that didn't hit the priority list. That's all. <laughs> yes, Nance. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Uh, maybe I'll see you next weekend. SP Futures. We're only down sixteen now. We're coming back. Hopefully. Yeah, Nasdaq Futures down forty four. We're still well here. I'll uh, be back tomorrow. Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. (laughs) 